0: up everybody john lamberton here welcome to the podcast and uh today i'm speaking with shane Parrish, and shane is a guitarist who's based in north carolina Uh, he's probably most well known for his work with the band alushatistas and uh, he also has a pretty big discography playing solo guitar um, some really interesting music on acoustic guitar and uh, i particularly suggest checking out his uh, autodidact album which is an exploration of various prepared guitar playing uh, methods. And uh, I was really excited to speak with Shane today because I think that uh, the contemporary guitar scene is kind of uninteresting and a little bit stale. And uh, Shane embodies uh, both a very modernist attitude about playing and, uh, you know, I describe him in the interview as an avant-garde guitarist, but he also has a great reverence for the history and the lineage of the instrument and uh, sort of all the cultural accumulation that comes along with it. So it was really cool to uh, mind meld with him and hear some stories about playing music. And uh, so please enjoy our conversation. Thanks. All right, cool. So uh, Shane, the basically like the traditional first question on this podcast uh, that I start with, is just how does coffee fit into your life? Uh, do you drink it at all? Uh, how often do you drink it? If you do, uh, just how does coffee fit into your uh, sort of day-to-day life?
1: Okay, okay. You put me right at ease with that question. I just say, that's a good icebreaker. Uh, <laughs> it, fits, it, it's, it's, it fits in. I drink um, probably half a pot of coffee a day, um, sometimes more. You know, I used to drink a lot more, and then I kind of started doing it, like, kind of trying to cut off around two or three in the afternoon, because I would, I would, I, there were points, long stretches, where I would just, it would just be, like, all day, every day into the night, and then I would, um, I started getting, like, eye twitches and shit, you know, and I was just kind of, like, yeah. <laughs> needing, so, but, uh, so now I'm a little more disciplined about it, but it's still, like, a daily occurrence, so it, ha- it fits in. Usually after I do like some like some light yoga or something, <laughs> and then I make a pot of coffee, in the midst of like a morning practice routine, and then uh, yeah, I put butter in it. Okay, cool. And it's, I make a big. I have a big cup that I make first. That's like kind of larger uh, cup, and then uh, yeah, and then I um, I uh, have a smaller cup a little bit later usually. About okay,
0: so half you, that amount. Just butter, do you, like, blend it up or anything?
1: So, yeah, I blend it up. Uh usually put the, yeah, like, some proteins in there or something. I, right now I'm low on some ingredients, but, like, I, uh, but, like, ideally, yeah, I'll put some, like, cacao in there and, like, a little cinnamon and, uh, some, um, I, I was doing this, like, vegetable protein stuff for a minute, but my wife gets those, uh, the blue container of the peptide uh, you know, protein bo- ground bones or something, <laughs> I like guess. Collagen stuff, yeah. Collagen, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I, and I, and that goes, yeah. So that's my, my first cup is like quite the, is rich. And then I don't do that for the second one though, because that would be like kind of, I don't know, too much. I just, but the first one is like a cocktail of sorts. And then the second one's kind of just a watered or a coffee down version of that. I'll I try to like keep some of the sediment for the, follow-up coffee so that there's a little bit of that happening but
0: gotcha so yeah
1: that's where it's at now I mean it's it's so you know that's been steady for a while but that's kind of where it's been for the last probably year or so
0: nice I uh the past like few times I've asked this question I've gotten some like uh kind of bad answers and this is uh definitely one of the better ones so uh oh good I, I, <laughs> I told myself that if you had a some sort of like bad answer I was just gonna try to like stick on it and push it but like this is a, a great answer. I'm glad you're a concoction guy. Oh um, good. Yeah. yeah. So I also hear that uh, you have a sort of tradition of pancake making.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pancakes are, happen a couple times a week usually. Or they'll happen and then there's enough left over for another day or two. Yeah. And so I'm into, I'm into the pancake making. Um, you know what it is? Like, I had, I think I have this childhood memory of, uh, like, like one of my good childhood memories <laughs> is like going to a neighbor's house, like one time and the mom making pancakes or something. Cause I don't think I ever had pancakes as a kid, but anyway, I, I, uh, and so I think I'm just like recreating this like awesome pancake morning I had once. And, uh, but I just do it every, you know, all the time, like twice a week. And then my daughter, she gets into it that involves like bananas usually. And, um, and um, I, I've started to uh, do it from scratch, which I'm proud of because I was kind of using a mix for a while. And I know it's not that big a deal because you could just look anything up on the internet. I don't know what, but it's. I was like, but now I, I'm doing a little buckwheat mix, all-purpose flour, v- uh, not vegan, but no dairy. I'm non-dairy since we're talking about generally di- dietary mm-hmm. uh, issues right now because I discovered that uh, I think I just... I figured out on my own that this like rash I was getting on my face forever Mm -hmm. is that was actually being caused by dairy. So, but I do the butter and that's fine. So I don't know, it's just no milk anyway. But yeah, so I use soy milk in the pancakes and then the grass fed butter in the coffee. And I just don't do cheese or milk anymore, which is kind of sad, but there's a lot of good substitutes, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I am a vegan myself, and uh, okay. so I I don't actually know about how dairy stuff works, but I I like to be aware of, you know, stuff like the bulletproof coffee and all that, just because it's it's really yeah. interesting. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool, man. Well, um, yeah, let's dive into some music stuff. Um, so I'm curious, um, you know, to, to give you a sense of me, I'm I'm like a guitarist and improviser and composer, but um, I was thinking about how that's kind of like a common label, uh, like guitarist, improviser, composer, whatever, and I'm wondering if your priority of those things is more guitarist improviser composer, while mine is like composer, improviser, guitarist. Is that a fair assessment? Like do you feel like guitar is more important than composing to you? Not like more important, but you know I mean Um I no. Uh is it all the same thing to you? No.
1: Um I think I have the, you know, uh, I think of the guitar as like an obstacle course to creativity. That's like kind of cumbersome, uh, sort of barrier to expression. And and that can be like compositionally or, or through improvisation. Um, I'm, And I think maybe why you're asking me this is, maybe it comes across and it would be true that like I do have a, an affinity for like the history of guitar and I'm mm. interested in like its applications. Like, you know, I like playing Spanish Baroque stuff and I like playing, you know, country blues like Piedmont blues or Mississippi John Hurt tunes and classical stuff, or at least studying and playing it as best as I can. I enjoy that as like these guitaristic things, you know but I'm also like highly interested in like, the like how to deal with like music like the, the mm-hmm. universe of music on the instrument and and there and and in that sense the guitar becomes like a really difficult medium for expression because because there are these guitaristic things that create like uh, a barrier to like accessing an idea. Does that make True.
0: sense? Yeah. Shapes
1: On the guitar, like the way that it's tuned like all these things are kind of like kind of limit what you can do or conceive of. And it's, and so I don't know, I don't, so I don't know if I, and, but that's interesting to me. And I think, I think a lot about it, like how to then have like total freedom as an improviser. That means I have to do a lot of technical work, right? Mm-hmm. Unless I don't give a shit about that. And I want to be like non-idiomatic and I don't, um, but that's fine. Like I'm fine with that. Like, I, I mean, I'll go there, but it's not like, my, the, like the main drive of what I'm interested in. I think it's important, but um, yeah. So, and then and so the, it all kind of feeds into each other. Maybe it is all one thing. It's a tough question because I, yeah, I don't really, I, I want to be like a composer first in my mind. <laughs> I don't know gotcha. if I am though, you know? So maybe that's mm-hmm. why I'm, I'm kind of like hemming and hawing about it, you know?
0: Yeah, in checking out your playing, I, I just felt like there was such a sort of like organic uh, expressive quality that didn't seem like it was totally rooted in like something that was predetermined and like designed. Uh, you know, it just seemed a lot more spontaneous um, but, you know, of course, you know, everybody says imp- improvisation is spontaneous composition and all this. Um, but, I mean, the other thing it makes me think of is, like, you know, if you think about, like, uh, just, like, from bottom to top, like, E, G, B, C on guitar, that's a fucking difficult chord to stretch out. And uh, on piano, it's just, like, ding. And right, so like so, yeah, yeah. People can't really appreciate the how the guitar has these, yeah, like you said, <laughs> obstacle chords. Um, cool, man. So, uh, what was your education like uh, as a guitarist
1: um i mean i can i'm, I'm largely self-taught I, I started playing when i was you know 14 years old and really just immediately started just kind of composing and experimenting i mean you know writing songs with friends and stuff you know like and just moving you know, learning some basic chords on my own and from other kids and then kind of just moving fingers around and finding things that sounded cool in like a sort of you know exploratory way um and um and then i started trying to do some you know self-teaching like uh getting some books and stuff i don't i don't really feel like i don't know i was i didn't have a whole lot of discipline early on though so it was a lot of experimenting and like writing and just like poor technique or whatever which that's no judgment i don't care about like i'm not a snob about it it was fine it was like it got it did what it needed to at the time Uh, But, but I, you know, but understanding now like optimum technique and like mechanics and things is kind of interesting to look back on how Mm -hmm. that stuff kind of all happened. (laughs) Uh, And, and, but, um, yeah, so, but I did do a little bit of college. um, But I never finished a minor in music. I took some jazz in college and some theory. And, um, and I took like maybe five or six guitar lessons from a a, a guitarist that uh, teaches at Berkeley named Freddie Bryant, who happens to okay. like come through Asheville because he has his daughters live here, and he's um, and I, I bring him up even though he only gave me like half a dozen lessons because those were the most important guitar lessons that I got in terms of somebody, of like a guru status, like like mm-hmm. that like an like someone I know just hadn't had that kind of relationship where someone could like look at my hands and observe these things that. Served me for the rest of my life and made me a better teacher and like all the, just like, you know, just like kind of deep knowledge. And, and that was really helpful and sent, sent me on my way, not just physically, technically, but also conceptually, just like, uh, so, but yeah, basically self-taught though, like taking gigs and not being able to hang on them and then like having a woodshed like crazy to play the gig, you know, taking like my first classical gig, I've never done a classical gig. I've only been playing classical for like, you know, 12 years and i've been playing guitar for almost 30 you know but then uh, you know, i just took those gigs and struggled through them and that's been you know like just kind of trying taking jazz gigs and not being able to hang and like just trying Mm -hmm. to you know i mean as far as that kind of like working musician stuff you know trying to like you know just starting to teach and then you know so really just kind of learning on the the streets a lot you know and but also deep diving reading like books and and like being pretty uh, having sort of a monastic like commitment as I got older towards like really enjoying a routine and discipline and like just need those couple hours and like you know learn you know just more and more and more because it's just endless so but yeah that's my I think
0: summarizes cool. it yeah. yeah uh, earlier when you were referring to you know guitar versus like you know all of music up here, um. It makes me think about like my education which was you know i i went to school for studio jazz guitar whatever that means and it was separate from the rest of the jazz studies department which meant like kind of like let's teach you how to do uh, a few things that we think you know might make you money down the line but uh okay it, it, like a it, it really killed a lot of my uh sort of like uh intrinsic motivations and stuff like that so like um I don't know, I feel like uh, I, I was intrigued to see your uh, approach that seems like very studied, but not in like a regimented way that uh, like, it doesn't seem like you've had the life pulled out of you <laughs> musically. Yeah,
1: I yeah, I hear that. I, I I I can relate to that, you know, like in that, or understand that because my wife went to like, got her MFA, you know, like everybody who goes through an art department has that experience of like, I don't want to do art anymore, you know, when it's mm-hmm. over. And, and, uh so yeah, I think I, I definitely avoided those pitfalls. Like I'm still like, it's like a joy to do a transcription, you know, I'm like, it's like, I don't know. And so like, I feel like I do this shit that people are doing in college now that are so much younger than me. and I. But it's just like, cause I enjoy doing that work and, 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 and teaching it, you know, and I did a gig in Miami uh, like five or six years ago, or maybe more, but, and, uh, I was doing like a solo acoustic thing. It was like my first show down there, which is funny because I like grew up in South Florida and like I never played on there just because it's all the way down there, you know, it's just hard to get to my, my whole family came and it was, but, but the front row was like, it was like four like guitar professors. And I didn't know that like during my set, which was at the time, very good because I would have probably been like way more nervous about it. And, but they and they really enjoyed the show or whatever. And And I was but I remember talking to those guys, so and he was like, "You're really lucky you didn't go to school <laughs> for like classical guitar, because you would have just like you would have been so busy like learning like the chaconne or whatever by Bach, you know, and, and to the to the point where you just like would the, the enjoyment that you like seem to have just doing this stuff is you know would have been yeah you know, like sucked out of you like you were saying." And it was I, I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, that's good. All those times where I think, I should I go back to school for music? <laughs> like, uh, maybe I, which I never did, but I guess I still could, but it comes up now and then, I'm like, should I go back to school? Because I teach privately. I'm like, should I become a professor or something? But I don't know
0: if I will. I don't know, I like teaching privately. Yeah, that sounds like uh, it would be more interesting. Uh, so in terms of like being somebody that does guitar that's like pretty avant-garde, although like you do have like this uh, obvious respect for the history of guitar. Um, I'm curious what that looks like sort of on a practical level like uh, from guitarist to guitarist like on a career level. Uh, Like, you know, you teach lessons, you make records. um, uh, What else goes into like being an avant-garde guitarist as a career?
1: Well, I used to tour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also um yeah and um I, I guess like it's strange because like I don't I guess I'm it's, I'm sort of stumped by the term avant-garde guitarist you know what I mean if I'm perfectly honest you know because I but 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 I get that it's so funny because I think oh I'm doing all this like studious work but then I look at the records I put out this year and they're like totally out there you know and so I mm-hmm. guess like there's no other way to describe them, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I mean, so, I don't mean
0: to reduce you to an avant-garde. No, I didn't,
1: I, I, no, no <laughs> I didn't feel that, but I, but it's interesting because I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine where I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I do not even like know if I would like, cause I wouldn't plant my flag there, but then I wouldn't plant my flag anywhere. And then that's like this weird loneliness that like existential thing that I sometimes deal with, you know, but, but I think like a lot of maybe what we're, what you're describing is like a lot of you know associating with other musicians right like like coming into contact with people who are take their instrument like really seriously and communicating with them you know and I think about the people that I've improvised with that are you know would you know make avant-garde music like Jacob Wick or Wendy Eisenberg or uh, Tatsuya Nakatani you know like um you know, I think there's a point of that at which we meet where we're not really going to, and th- and there's a that is there's a much longer list than that, but we're we're going to get together and play. We're not going to really work within like some trad context. You know, we're not playing jazz. We're not playing tunes. We're not. So I think that there's that kind of like openness and listening to what other people are doing and and kind of being able to like form those relationships and make music together, that,
0: that, yeah, I don't know, is that, is yeah, so, like an answer? I don't know. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you feel like most of it then is just like being in a network of like other people that are doing creative stuff, uh, like you are not thinking about it in terms of like, like, I gotta make my money, like, gotta make you know, guitar records to sell, like, you are not thinking about it like that. it seems like no yeah
1: i I, i'm not thinking about it like that i mean i do think about like how am i going to make money and and but it's um and that i mean i you know my lessons you know teaching studios is is been really consistent for over 10 years and you know very knock on wood i mean like i survived the pandemic so far you know like it's like moved online and actually expanded and taken on more advanced students in other states and cities and stuff that i I, you know and and that's been really fortunate um and then you know yeah i used to do a lot of restaurant gigs and stuff around town and and i would do tour dates but i don't you know like record sales are like are very helpful but they're definitely like a smaller stream for me than mm-hmm. than than like work, you know, like right, you know, at this moment, I mean, it'd be nice if that, the balance could change someday, I wouldn't complain. But, you know, also I kind of reduced my own touring schedule when I, I had a daughter, you know, she's five and a half. And when she was born, I just didn't really want to be out playing yeah. free, free jazz gigs. I mean, you know, like, cause I mean, I've done gigs, like like, we're yeah like go to Europe and like get paid pretty well to play really out music for very few people, and I would much rather be at home being a father than than doing that you know like I mean it's as fun as that as that was it was incredible and I'm sure I'll, I, would, I would do it again but I just can't that I I really cut back on that stuff I was like traveling like three months three and a half months out of the year. And then I just reduced it to like two weeks, three weeks spread out across the year when she, when she came around because, um, so, but I have a lot of pans in the fire, you know, like I'm, I'm constantly like, I have a lot of slow burn projects that are like, take are years long, like, uh, effort to come into fruition not only because they're difficult or the effort of them, but because they require time and space to ferment, like where I'm not working on them is what I'm coming to realize, like that. And then when I come back to them, I'm like, ah, yes, now this feels like it makes sense. And so, so I'm kind of, I don't know. Some of those things are starting to move forward now, but yeah, I'm really driven by the music, like though, um, primarily. and always have been. Like I remember being like a teenager, and like we were like trying out a keyboardist for our band or whatever. And uh and I was like, look, we're not just trying to get girls and blah, blah blah you know. And and this guy looked at me like, that's what I'm trying to do, man. I was like, I was like, we're serious about this music. I didn't know what the hell I was talking, you know, like musically, like it's funny to think about because I couldn't really play, but I was just trying to like, you know, be like. Be this militant, like the music is first and foremost. And uh, it's funny because, like, some people. My friend of mine has a joke. He's just like, "You yeah, know, it's a band, man. It's not about the music, <laughs> you know." It's like, <laughs> but uh, so, but that's that is still like, the primary motivator, you know, that just kind of draws me. Um, yeah,
0: okay. so, to sort of give you a sense of uh, why I asked this type of question, and also to link it back to coffee. Um, you know after music school i basically like just went into the copy industry and i was like i'm not going to try to make money doing music because i'll like regret it and uh then i you know now sort of regret not going hard into music but then i see some other musicians whose names i won't name who just seem to have this like underlying resentment that's so palpable uh when they talk about like music careers And it's kind of, it's sad because they're like incredible musicians who just like, they will like, you know, get snippy at fans because like of Spotify or this or that. And it's like, well, like you have to sort of adapt to this new age of Mm -hmm. uh, the music industry. And I don't really know how to do that, but like you seem to have like found your niche as somebody that's like doing something that's, you know, not, uh, not aimed at the mainstream at all. So... Um, I guess it's a, that's where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. You know, it's a really fraught business. And uh, a friend of mine, my friend Alec like, put that word to it. And I was like, yes, that, that's, that encapsulates a lot of the energy. And I, I really try to avoid that kind of energy at all costs. And I could, I could you know, I've had whatever, like disappointments or you know things that didn't like you know went or just didn't really take off or didn't you know it's like or like a lot of like there's a lot of like kind of false friendships that arise and like and just like like get you know there's a lot of like um insider dealing and just like the way the money you know works to promote music and all this stuff. and you could really get caught up in just being like why am i not getting more attention why or why is my being like you know, I heard someone said recently about like, I heard the word attention economy for the first time like a week ago, like twice mm-hmm. in 24 hour period. And I was like, so like, it like hurt my soul in this way. And But it makes sense. I don't know, I'm not like, I'm to be totally naive, like obviously like I'm participating in that in some way. And like, and I think also like, but it was like, that just bums me the fuck out, man. You know, like, honestly, like, cause here, I want to be, I just want to, like, be nerding out about music, like, I, like, that's why I'm here, and I think that, like, that, and then that enthusiasm is, has been met with just, like, not, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's it's met with enthusiasm, but sometimes, a lot of times, it's met with, like, this weird insecurity, and kind of just, like, like, just caginess, you know, like, if you're just, like, I'm still stoked about music, I don't, like, I don't, the the business of it is bullshit, and, yeah and it's just, like, I sound like uh, Fiona Apple at the MTV Music Awards. Man, this is all bullshit, man. Just go turn off your TV, man. You know, but, but you know, I don't know. I try to keep a positive outlook about it and not really focus on kind of whatever is not real about it. Because, like, what's real about it is, like, this inf- infinity, you know? I mean, it's just, like, you can't even, it's beyond some marketplace you know like or, or any any kind of social uh psychodrama you know like so or you know and and i'm not really and so i try to like avoid that if i can and and hopefully even role model <laughs> like uh you know just like an alternative you know by Mm -hmm. not to be paternalistic or anything but you know just kind of like let's just be stoked about this stuff you know because life is short you know I'm sorry that it's like there's a you know I wish I could be the village musician who is not getting paid anything to do the things that I
0: do you know and that would Mm -hmm. I would you know that'd be nice but we screwed this well, whole world up. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> this, uh, the I mean uh, the people that I'm you know sort of talking about with this palpable resentment. Uh, you know, on the other hand, like I, I feel like I clearly noticed your positive vibes like just from seeing you on Twitter. So, uh, you know, that's part of why I reached out to you. Oh, uh, thanks. So, uh, I'm I'm not usually like a total Guitari like shop talk guy, but I wanted to do like a sort of segment of like guitar hero hot takes and uh, just. I was thinking I could throw some guitarists at you. Um, I, you don't have to, like, say, I don't like that guy or anything. You can just pass oh, if God. you feel like it. Um, uh, but if you... Okay. Uh, but, you know, if you are, like, no, more like this guy, like, I was just thinking we should talk some guitarists. Um, so okay. the first one I wanted to mention is Ben Monder. Does he mean anything to you? Are you familiar with his music? Yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal.
1: Um, and... Uh, I'm underexposed. Didn't you, inter- did you
0: interview him? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. You sent me a clip of that. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic and and a super nice guy. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm like underexposed to his like, like overall, mm-hmm. like body of work. I saw him perform with a singer.
0: Um, you know Theo Buckman?
1: Yes. And in Asheville and 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 that was really great, and that was the only time I've seen him perform. And then I spoke with him after the show, and we kind of like talked a little bit. And and, and but I mean, but I was really taken by his playing, and and I I could tell that we like I shared some interests with him. I could see like some. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming I I could see some like like Lobo stuff in there, you know, and maybe some, like just like I you know in some of the voicings and, and technique he's using. But yeah, he's just great. Super nice guy. I should listen to more of his music. Isn't he also on that David Bowie record?
0: Yeah, the yeah. On the yeah, hand. which
1: is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, really I mean, just stands out too, right? So yeah, super that's my hot so, um,
0: take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I, I've often referred to him as my favorite guitarist, or I'll just like sort of like be hyperbolic and call him the best guitarist. Um, but like, you know, the legend goes that basically when I was in music school and I was like not uh enjoying myself I got an email from him and like the single email was more uh like it gave me a lot more to work with than my entire time in school and so oh, I'm, still, I'm still working on that stuff who who would you say is like your Ben Monder if he is like my guitar idol who's your main dude mm.
1: uh,
0: bullshit question and impossible to answer but okay
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> man uh, you there know no wrong answers Yeah. There's no wrong answers. I, um, let me think. Okay. I'm just going to say Mark Rebo and, and I think like, cause it's not a real easy to answer that question. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to say him because I really, you know, was taken by his playing when I was whatever, how old old I was in like the late nineties when I started checking his stuff out and this kind of like punk kind of, aesthetic of it, or just this attitude in the playing, and then, you know, and I loved all the stuff with Zorn, and, and Prestes uh, Cubanos, and, you know, and I, and I uh, and then I did, went to his workshop of his, and I don't know, he kind of just, like, I was, like, really into him at a certain point in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, and then kind of just branched off I mean there's a lot of a lot of fish in the sea so listen to other music you know but then like came back around to um you know co- crossing paths with him you know and and uh and it just kind of like re like kind of just just uh verified how what a like just what a great sort of advocate for the guitar and the guitar as like Uh, you know as a historical instrument as an expression of like in in all these different um genres and and cultures and and just i don't know it it seemed as a conduit for the human spirit in like in history you know i think is like a is something and i think yeah so that was that was cool to like to have that feeling too to like meet like a hero like from when you're younger too you know and he you know, he wrote some nice things about the record I did on Sodic and that was like, whoa, my God, you know, like, and then, and then, and then we did a show, and it was like, you know, he's super nice, and whatever, and I don't know him that well, but, the, you know, but just crossing paths, like, professionally, was super weird, but, like, it was always, like, just, a, yeah, I think that he, like, carries the torch well, and and maintains, like, a good, like, aesthetic, you know, that I, that I think is, like, consistently been, strong um and yeah so but now I'll talk about John McLaughlin uh <laughs> but you know I don't know I think uh so and he kind of in a way with the Rebo thing is that he kind of like like the way I like to play like a jazz tune or something like I don't really want to take a solo on a jazz tune right necessarily I want to interpret the tune and maybe spin some variations on it and play it The way the guitar wants to play it and like voice it in a way that the guitar is going to resonate and i'm not like as interested in hearing myself anyway like blow over the changes you know i'm not really i'm not like that's not necessarily my thing um so i don't know i think that and he does do that i don't know but i just think that that kind of like like putting your own spin on like an arrangement and like kind of like letting it just do its thing i think so, breathe.
0: I've never really checked out Mark Rebo that deeply. Uh, for somebody who's like a monderhead, what would you suggest in his discography um, as a starting point, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a good variety of stuff. So, I mean, I really like the, some of the records from the '90s, like "Requiem for What's His Name." You know, uh, is a really, really pretty one and really dark, you know, and stark and like, it's like minimalist, you know, I mean, it's like, in a lot of ways, almost the opposite of like the monder kind of thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In terms of like, totally. the palette is not as Oh, I, I shouldn't even say anything. I don't know, like, I don't, like nothing is a passing of judgment, but it's not as like a right. so- necessarily sophisticated, like harmonic jazz palette you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's like a punk you know and i think he owns that and i think that that's not to say that he's not also a virtuoso and like brings like a sophisticated palette to the table but we're not talking about like necessarily like you know lots of substitution changes happening and stuff like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. that, you know um but uh yeah i like that record a lot i also really like the record the circle maker that john zorn put out uh it's like um And there's like one of the discs is called Zevolun and it's like a six it's a sextet and I love like his solos on it are like so lyrical I don't even know like I have to I haven't listened to it in a while but like in retrospect like did are they like composed they're just so lyrical that they sound composed, and they very well maybe but like maybe Zorn composed them but I, I just remember thinking wow these are just they just have such a melodicism to it uh, and just like you can just hum them you know and, and i thought that was really that's a really great one so yeah i think those are cool. those are good records
0: cool i'll throw a few more of these people at you i mean you mentioned uh john mclaughlin uh real quick uh, are you a mclaughlin guy
1: yeah i mean i i think i like kind of cherry pick like my favorite stuff yeah. at this point like of what i absolutely love uh from from him um which would be like the shakti uh live stuff particularly but also that record like whatever the elements something is you know is nuts a studio album but and then like Mounting flame my orchestra i've been kind of Mm -hmm. back into that a lot lately and um and uh like extrapolation
0: yeah, oh, dude, like, yeah.
1: It, that's like really great record so
0: i was happy to find that when i was pretty young and like be like what in the world
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah totally it's like it's like a coltrane record for, for guitar you know this is kind of how i remember thinking about it back when i was getting into that but yeah i mean he's just great and he's like a great sort of another sort of light you know in terms of a guiding light you know like a, of a like guru status i think you know and just encouragement like even like I'm not, there's a lot of stuff I don't get into, you know, there's a lot of that I, I just, but I mean, I'm trying, because I got into Joni Mitchell a couple of years ago, like two years ago, and that was like my gateway into like, okay, maybe I can like deal with some fusion tone a little bit more than I, <laughs> than I used to be, so like, so, like, I'm such an asshole, John McLaughlin came to town and played a club here, and all the guitarists, saying, Shane, you're going to the show, you're going to show, I'm like, uh, I just, I don't know, I don't really like what he's doing now, blah, blah, blah. it's like, now I feel like an idiot, I'm like, course i should have gone to that show but i was just such a like a like a tone snob or something i just it wasn't i couldn't i couldn't dig it you know and like and sure it's cheesy as hell but like still still, see the guy you know like why wouldn't yeah. i do that i don't know i regret it but um so I, so i'm i can grow and become I'm, I'm softening in my old age here you know like i could just like, like i realized that that was i should have just gone to that show but um anyway what are we talking about
0: <laughs> well uh, <laughs> not another Another guitarist on the list is Igberto Gismonti, and uh, <laughs> I saw this video of John McLaughlin playing guitar with uh, Igberto on piano, and it yeah. was just so good because Igberto keeps on speeding up and like totally trying to vibe John McLaughlin, and you see John McLaughlin sort of flubbing stuff and it's like, ooh, oh, this man. is a YouTube video. <laughs> oh, you guys, send, send this to me, please.
1: Yeah. Um, that sounds cool. Um, I am pretty, like, unfamiliar overall, but I, like, listened to, like, a record, I want to say, like, last year or something, like, a couple times, but, so I'm not fully, like, um, uh, yeah, like, acquainted with, with Higberto Gizmonte's output, Um, but I remember really digging it, you know, and being like, well, this is, like, incredible, but I can't really speak to it in any kind of um, educated way. So I need to deep dive that, which is exciting. I love that I don't know about stuff.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, like there's, uh, this record that you did with, I think, Charlie Hayden and, uh, on one of the songs, he goes on this gnarly, like sort of solo thing where he's like plucking behind, you know, and doing like stuff that I feel like I, I saw you do in some videos. Uh, so I think you'd find it really interesting, but, uh, cool. Uh, Last two guys I'll mention to get your take on are Henry Kaiser and then I'll proceed.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I like, I, sh- again, like, I feel like I should listen to more of his catalog to like give a real answer. Um, we jammed together once a long time ago. Uh, I want to say 2007, uh, and that was awesome, and he was, like, super nice guy, and he totally ripped, and I know he totally rips, and I'm I'm mainly familiar with him through, like, like videos of him playing, like, on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and, like, just, like, totally shredding, so, yeah, I mean, um, excellent, amazing guitar player. Um, I don't, yeah, what I would need to, like, get the some the, the high points of the discography to like kind of speak more like eloquently <laughs> about yeah. it yeah but really great guitar player
0: for sure well the the last one I'll uh throw at you which maybe can bring us into like uh some discussion of like math rocky bandiness uh is Ian Williams he's my sort of go-to math rock guy okay what band does he play with uh, like don Caballero uh oh yeah 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 uh, and more recently like battles and uh he had that weird stuff about storm and stress
1: yeah that's right, okay
0: you know, yeah that's really... Stuff.
1: all the tappy stuff, super cool stuff yeah i i kind of i think I knew that but i wasn't i couldn't uh <laughs> quite place the name um but yeah I, I like all that stuff i don't know i don't i uh i um I don't think I, I have too much of a hot, hot take on it though. I can't, yeah. Sorry to let you down, but, uh, no, all but I mean, but it's not because I don't like respect and like think everything he's done is like really cool. I just don't know that I um, am f- like fully immersed in that world to know enough for to, you know, to, to like, to speak to it in a way that mm-hmm. would, makes sense i don't know but yeah he rips and um and i and i think that those are some strong records you know and i think that mm-hmm. i mean i can analyze the style should i do that <laughs> a little bit like i think uh, okay. there's like yeah like there's like an interesting like i immediately think of just kind of like wide interval like sort of like um like motifs like that are um that are polyrhythmic maybe against what's what's happening with the uh rhythm section <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm pulling this out of out of the air sorry but like i think but that's um but that's a cool like approach i think and
0: uh yeah i hope
1: he doesn't watch this it's like i'm so uh
0: <laughs> but yeah i don't know
1: but yeah total rapper and uh
0: yeah I, I bring him up because I've seen Lucia Tiestas referred to as math rock and I, I'm not sure if that is something that you identify with uh, but I guess I'm curious as somebody who's like very much more in like the bandy world than I am uh, you know like if there's a math rock guitar that resonates with you more or like if you're just like me you yeah. <laughs> know
1: like me <laughs> uh, well <In> <laughs> Yeah, uh, well you know what I don't. Um, I don't. I wasn't really like familiar with. I would say Robert Fripp before any. You know, like as like an early influence in that direction because, and and maybe that's like the precursor to a lot of that stuff in anyway in terms of like kind of like angular. You know, um, like driven guitar rock. Because um, I just didn't really. I became familiar with that through like doing a Luchitis, you know, like, like that was because people would compare the band to things and I was like, "Oh, I better go check that out, you know, and, be, and like I hadn't heard it at the time of like doing the first, second record of that. Uh, uh, and um, so my taking off point was like, yeah, it was like more like prog rock, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I heard the band Ruins, a Japanese band, you know them?
0: I know them a little bit I haven't uh, done a deep dive or anything
1: but like like they're, you know bass drums duo or they were and like and that was like this like to me like at the time of starting Luch pieces was like was like holy shit okay this is like Prague, but like really punk like it, but it's insanely tight it was like Frank Zappa but like just like brutally like Aggressive in this way and I, and it was and it was really exciting for me and another band at the time of forming the Luchatistas that I heard similarly was a band called Granulena and that guitar player's name is Chris Troll and he lives in St. Louis and uh, and he's amazing and that band they put out like one record and it's phenomenal and it's like and it was like kind of like grindcore like through composed rock stuff with Darren Gray on bass and Danny McLean on drums who passed away and and so when I was like auditioning drummers for Luchatistas I was playing that record because it had just come out I was like because you could find really good musicians but they tended to like have more of like a funk jam sort of lean you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because that's like all the really good musicians are going to play like fusion like jam band stuff because that you know so you can like shred and like played a lot of people and whatever, you know, but like, but so I had a hard time like finding musicians that would like, can play like more complicated rhythms and, but also had this like sense of like heaviness and like darkness, you know, that I, rather than, you know, like a groove that was, you know, uh, that was funk based. Um, so uh, that was the record I would play for people. I'd be like, check this out. And it was just like, you know, just like this like really brutal kind of um, playing. And I think that like also largely like influenced by like horn players, you know, mm. um, um, you know, like John Coltrane, not that I'm sound like any of them, but like, just like as as like a exploratory, like icon, you know, like, and so I, t- I tended towards, yeah, like Eric Dolphy, Ornette Coleman, like John Coltrane, um, and thinking I was doing something like that on guitar. You know, I mean, I, I never really properly learned like that stuff. You know, at the, uh, still learning it, but you know, I was, you know, trying. So, so I didn't really have like a strong contemporary guitar influence and maybe that's my bad I don't know like I just didn't really have a context for it and then everyone was comparing the band to Captain V Farts Magic Band and I hadn't heard that when you know 2003 I mean now it's like one of my sure favorite artists you know like and and no there the entire discography or whatever but it's like at the time I didn't really ha- have a reference for it and that's not that's just ignorance though I don't know I mean, but there's also so much music out there how are you supposed to you know like the, right, so please. to this day people are like man it sounds like primus you know and it's like okay th- if that's what you know then that's what it sounds like you know like uh, or that's the closest thing that t- to it that you've heard you know and so so but let, I'm, I'm gonna ch- I think um, the guitar player from hello what's his name
0: oh uh, Spencer I was, right, I was gonna put him on the list and I was like I ah, don't pull <laughs> You know, no, but he's, to great, your, but he's, yeah. no, but he's
1: great. I mean, like, he's great. I think that that was also going on around the time of like forming the band, you know, like uh, where it was like, there was like this, like kind of resurgence or something of like this Prague, what I th- what I thought was like Prague based music, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, so that was like, um, I'm talking like early 2000s, right? Early 20 aughts. Um, I think, but I don't know that I necessarily, like, you know, I was already like, like Frank Zappa was my big hero at that point, you know, like I was kind of, I don't know, I think I, but, and I didn't really, that to me, that was like a reference for making like complicated rock music, you know, it was like mm-hmm. this like composition based rock and roll music. And I never subscribed to like the math rock title however i'm fine with it now again mm-hmm. that's just me Get me getting older and not giving a shit like i you know it's fine because the people are really enthusiastic about music that's right i'm enthusiastic about it too and and so i'm fine like i'll I, you know with that with that term um it makes sense uh but i you know it's like it's like i think about like like charles mingus refusing jazz as a term why does it got to be called jazz you know it's mm-hmm. just music man you know but it's like but i don't really have those bones to pick or those chips on my shoulder, I don't care, like call whatever you want, you know, like, and uh, so, um, and I, yeah, I just need to listen to more, more music, so that I know more about it. <laughs> um, all I well, know be- is I know nothing. <laughs> uh,
0: before I continue asking questions, I should uh, get a sense of how much time you have, because I want to keep you all night, but uh, I do have more questions I want to ask you.
1: Uh, Oh, I'm I'm fine, man. We
0: can go. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, uh, so I I checked out your autodidact record, uh, which I thought was really cool, and I have a bunch of sort of like weird questions about that. But also, um, I guess it just made me think about like you know like you know Ben Monder's approach is very systematic to like arrangements of pitches, but you seem to be applying that same systematic nature to like more expressive qualities and like exploration of timbre, and I thought it was really cool, Um, but I mean, to start, like, when you have these tunings, uh, did you come to those tunings kind of arbitrarily, or, like, how did you decide on those?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, I was, like, um, it was more of a, um, like, yeah, just, like, kind of, uh, like, listen, but listening to them as as they evolved, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. like, kind, when I like when I do like play in like a totally like free context, um, I'd started to do this. I was playing with this band from Switzerland called Subductus. It was like a quintet, sextet. and anyway, we did a few tours together, but it was like all these these these, these Swiss guys, and uh, and I was it was all improvised. But there, oh, there there was like a lot of composed like cells. But I start on, the, on one of the tours. I just started to like playing like unfamiliar tunings <laughs> and like as a because I, I felt I'm, 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 like trapped in my concepts of the guitar which are were limited I mean I guess they're always can be limited um, you know but trying like so as soon as you find the key or you find some tonality that works then suddenly all these things open up to you and it was like and I felt like that was like inhibiting my ability to like be spontaneous in and so so I started to play in just unfamiliar tunings on the gig every night and uh and 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 that was and I and then I just kind of carried that forward until like when I would be playing you know in like a free like more visceral like context of improvisation um and uh so so yeah, I mean it's arbitrary, but it's also like I'm listening to it. It's not like, but sometimes I will. I'll be on a gig and I'm just like, burr, burr, okay, here we go, and I don't know, because I because I don't want to know. But then of course on guitar you'll be on a single string and you're gonna find like intervalic leaps and th- you're gonna find melodic possibilities along one string because th- that's never gonna change, right? No matter, I mean the key'll change, but then you take that leap to the next string and it's like s- surprise, you know, note you know, and then and then you have to work with that, whatever it is, you know, and, and so that was exciting um, for me to s- start doing that, because it just, like, helped me break out of um, any kind of concepts or patterns, and then, uh, but yeah, as far as, like, timbre is concerned, that was a really deep dive for me. Um, around the time my daughter was born, you know, I spent a lot of time um, doing a really working uh, i was working with this this book by a guitarist named Eduardo Fernandez who's from Uruguay and uh and he has this book called uh mechanism technique and learning and it's a slender volume but it's a very very dense it's like hegel for a guitar or something it's like you, like you like it's really thin and then you read it and you're like oh my like what is you know like i have to read this like 10 times cuz it's like it's all about like kinesthetic feel stuff on guitar and like how to like just repeating like one note, you know, like a chord over and over again and noticing the like the activation of muscles and all this kind of stuff. And like, I really got like deep into this for like months because when my daughter was born, I quit playing um, like dinner gigs and shit. And I, so suddenly I wasn't having to like juggle like this like 50 song repertoire that I was loosely like you know, still reading charts on all of it, you know, like, but like, had all this repertoire, I was constantly having to, like, play and maintain some kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, set lists for these gigs, and then I just didn't have to do that anymore, I just started teaching more, and and that, like, took over my income, and then I couldn't be home in the evenings, and then I stopped practicing it, and I just started playing sound, and I would just, like, play one note for, like, an hour or two, and that was my practice. and I did that for months and it was like, it really like radically changed how I played the guitar. I consider it like the main turning point in my career as, a, and not only like career as a recording and performing artist, but also just as the life of a guitarist, it was like things gelled in a way when I came out of that period of time. Um, Whereas I felt like I was efforting in a lot of different directions. Suddenly everything came together and I felt like in my own expressive way. And it was nice because I was interested in too too many styles. I could never like commit to anything. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then this was like, suddenly I came out of this, just touching the instrument thing. And then it was like, ah, okay, now I'm, I can play and I can just, you know, and it's, if, and I felt comfortable in, in having a lot of interest in not being like a master of any of them really. And so, but that's when I kind of, like, really got into, like, the, like, thinking of timbre as infinite, you know, as an infinite spectrum, uh, you know, the way rhythm and pitch are, you know, or the harmony is, you know, like, like, and, and, and I think that that's, ignored a lot you know I think that there's a lot of like monolithic tone out there and that's okay maybe they there's I mean it's just one element of music so where you could be stronger in another category you know I think about like you know Victor Wooten's uh, book uh, The Music Lesson which is super cheesy of course but it's also like got some like deep wisdom in it and he talks it's like what are the elements of music how many are there you know oh, well, maybe there's a hundred, maybe there's four, maybe there's like an infinite number of elements. And then it's like, yes, well, which one's the most important? And uh, and it's like, oh, notes. We spend all this time learning about notes, but it's like notes, the most important aspect of music, like go listen to like a great, like blues musician, like, like and that has a lot of feeling, you know, is that like, they're, they're, they have this other category at a really high level and maybe not as sophisticated a harmonic palette, or maybe they do, but like, or, you know, just there's a, so like thinking about timbre like that, like as this like infinite spectrum that can, you know, turn the fingers slightly this way, combination nail flesh, like super little shit like that. And I think that like, I could see like a jazz snob thinking that that was like, not as important as like some, you know, I don't know, like, in, you know, playing like extensions on some substitutions or something, you know, like, you know, but it's like, but it, but it is, it's deep and it's like, and you get into the subtlety of that and people respond to it in a subconscious way, I think. Like you don't realize it, like the notes might be the same, but like you get like subtle fluctuations of timbre throughout and you have like an active and alive organism, music as an organism, you know, like the timbre should be constantly fluctuating suddenly and then so i don't know anyway it's long answer but you kind of like you mentioning timbre like that and you think of it so that that recording was kind of just like a, a deconstruction of the guitar though from standard tuning to like further and further applied items and further and further away from that standard tuning and it was done in one take and it was just that, like that was the concept and then like yeah autodidact i'm like self-learning that instrument as it evolves you know and 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 trying to like be musical with it um
0: -hmm. Um, this makes me think of a few different things um one is i guess like you know i'm totally the substitution guy by the way uh but like hearing your playing uh makes me really interested in this timbral element but uh like it seems like you know rhythm and pitch have like a certain regularity but timbre has this like uh you know sort of harder to pin down uh I guess like frequency content to it like it's not going to be oscillating like a sine wave or anything like that it's so much richer and more complicated and you can't really sum it up like that um so it's just an observation but i'm also curious um like i think i saw you tweet something about that uh like you know playing one note or one chord over and over again and um i feel like you said it in terms of meditation uh do you have a meditation practice or do you say meditation sort of more? like loosely in the sense of like practicing guitar in a meditative way or uh, is there like a contemplative practice?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have a a meditation practice. Um, And I've kind of like fallen in and out of it over the years, which I guess as one (laughs) does, but I've been pretty good about it lately. Um, I've been into this app lately called uh, Waking Up. It's really good. And this guy is like guided. So I've been doing that every day for like 20 minutes in the morning um and i've read a lot about you know buddhism and like um T. T. suzuki and like charlotte jocko back and um john cage <laughs> uh, which is but uh i think so yeah i mean that's that it's really important to me i noticed my uh when you fall out of it that's when that's when i notice like holy shit i really need to be doing this because mm-hmm. then when i get back into it i'm like oh that that thing was missing like I really need to be present and like centered and so yeah it is it is part of my routine um and I try to do it every single day um yeah and uh I just it's just like a huge difference and then yeah and then the other part of that is yeah like trying to like do that incorporate that into the instrument I've been playing like piano more, which I never really did, but the last like year or two I have. And like, so I've been trying to do just like some basic piano warm ups. But I'll, I've been recently doing um, like warm ups at like 20 BPM, <laughs> and like and like you know and like really getting into a groove of that slow tempo. You know, like is like I think really centering if you can be patient enough and focused enough to do it and like work and then maybe like play through a piece like that or you know you know work through some exercises or you know do some 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 you know arpeggios or something but I think like that's um yeah part of it and uh I'm 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 on a constant quest for like like w- well-being I think you know like honestly because I do that I took some classes recently on Alexander technique which were extremely helpful and uh, you know which is just more embodiment and like expansion and like letting go of tension and finding you know like that was really helpful for me in terms of like realizing that there's no uh, you talk we talk about like optimum technique but then like that's not one thing you know and I know that, anyway, like, I mean, I've, like, over the years, it's like, yeah, put, put your thumb here, oh, but what if I'm playing Jimi Hendrix, I gotta put my thumb here, you know, and all it's right. like, I, I, I don't know, are we doing video, is this only audio, can you see me? <laughs> <Good> video, <yeah. laughs> is it Okay, <laughs> it's like, you know, like, if I'm hooking my thumb, and it's like, you know, but that's like a big no-no, but it's like, well, good luck, you're not gonna play any, like, you know, Elizabeth Cotton tunes like that, you know, like, and, but I mean, you know, or just certain voicings, like, in a jazz tune, so I, I, I think, um so that's been but like anyway that's coming out of alexander technique thing it's like just like different ways of sitting standing and moving while practicing you know and meditation is like a huge component of of the routine as and just trying to stay like yeah like healthy i don't know i don't i think it's i'm more like uh able to I think I make better music, and I'm more excited about it when I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, people t- teach their own, but uh, you know, um, I think you realize that at a certain point. I mean, I was definitely touring and, you know, drinking every night and all, you know, whatever, you know, like for a long time. But it's it, that becomes like unsustainable and like counterproductive, you know, when you're on the uh, on the path of of music. I think. <laughs> of universal music, you know, like, not like bandy stuff or whatever, you know, like, like I'm trying to, trying to, trying to get somewhere, which I'll never get there, but like, I don't think I'll get, I'll get there better if I'm, if I'm focused and centered.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess probably like the high point of my guitar playing was when I was doing 20 beats per minute, uh, scale type <sighs> stuff. And like, it's crazy how like, you know, I can play fast but like uh you know like if you don't have like the mental focus to maintain it it doesn't matter it's going to sound like shit and uh I, I definitely have benefited from that as well um, yeah uh that's cool man uh, I'm glad It's crazy cuz you, cause you a- can
1: like in between the notes it's like then there's this thing it's like I can I mean you know, kind of have to learn to re- kind of like just chill out there you know which is like in classical guitar, you know, it's like being in like a state of like, you know, dynamic relaxation, right? Which um, I guess is like coin- a term that Aldous Huxley coined, but it's like this, like, but it's like this uh, in his book, like on perception or something, I think, but it's, it's what it's called, but, um, or is it on seeing? But, uh, but anyway, it was like, you, yeah, you're, I mean, you're in a constant state of release. Like if you could, so in that, in that, whatever, three seconds between the HP, right, like, it's, there's, like, what are you doing in that, you know, like, am I, like, anticipating the next note, or did I, like, completely let go, and then, like, and then here, but also set myself up for it, you know, that, like, in terms of, like, executing, I'm ready for the next one, but now I'm also, like, just totally chilled out, and, like, I'm relaxed, and now I can, and there it is, you know, and then if I can like shorten that gap until like, yeah, like micro relaxations, right? Like the fast playing, where it's like, okay, but I'm still like releasing tension. Of course, like again, I think I always like the early music that I recorded was like fast or something, but I was so tense the whole time. It's so funny to talk about this shit and think about it. I was just like, <laughs> you know, like just like trying to like just like just force it out, you know, and like mm-hmm. just and, and and so and I think like that's i don't know like that's an element that's like comes across as like there's like this angst and and like desperation and just like just trying that maybe like kind of gives it an edge or something i guess i i could still pretend that though you know i could still just like play 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 like that uh if i if I, if, if the tone calls for it just deliberately do that you know
0: but Not just looking tense while actually being relaxed
1: yeah yeah so like just tense my face up
0: Uh, So, uh, I mean, like this idea of like practicing really slowly and sort of like training your internal clock uh, seems very different from like, you know, this world of like electronics and like, I'm the type of person that likes to make music with synthesizers and like on grids and stuff. But um, I think that overall, it sort of like, allowed me to let my internal clock atrophy, maybe. And uh, so like, in listening to your music, it seems like you're interested in like, extended techniques and effects and uh, exploring these possibilities, but you don't seem like a very grid and electronics guy. Like you're more effects than electronics. Do you think that's fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'd love to, I'd love to, you know, step it up over here a little bit. I'm I'm pretty like, yeah, primitive in a lot of ways like that, you know, um, um, that's true though. Yeah. I'm more like manipulating sounds on the effects and stuff and like, and, um, but I'm interested in, in in other things. But I kind of like, it's hard about, there's only so many hours in the day, right? So if I'm like deep diving, like, like how much, what the flesh nail combination on the string is gonna like make it <laughs> yeah. sound like that. Like, and then also being a parent and like teaching, you know, hours and hours a week, uh, it makes it hard to kind of like dive into that. So I kind of have a more organic approach, I guess. Um, But I'm really interested in that. I would love to, to, you know, kind of to get there at some point, I think, because even just recording to a click and being able to like edit, you know, I've been like in logic is like, like, oh, wait, of course, this is great. I can like, I can edit this shit now. Um, But, um, yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, So also with like, you know, you say there are limited hours in the day um, and you know. I feel like there's a certain type of musician who, like, once they sort of get the ball rolling with their own stuff, they, like, stop actively, like, listening in an explorative way. And I'm curious how much, like, you know, how much time you're able to spend listening, what type of listening, like, how it looks for you, but then, like, you know, versus, like, practicing technique and, like, the deep diving on timbre um, or, like, more researchy stuff, uh, like, how does... how how do you break your time down in terms of that stuff or is it just kind of um yeah i don't know what my question is but i think maybe it will trigger something in your mind that'll be interesting uh
1: yeah i mean i listen to music um and it's kind of like you know to like a fault i tend to listen to like a lot of like older recordings you know we could since since the question is, is, is like into it a little bit like I was thinking about like you know you ta- you mentioned Spotify earlier you know and like and, and I know that I get it you know like I understand the controversy I understand that we're, we need to make money and I understand about like selling records and then I was thinking I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day it's like my the way I use that is like so specific to like my career which is like you know as an educator mainly you know but also you know and, and so like you know if I've, I'm teaching like someone how to play "Round midnight or you know during that dream I'll make a playlist with like 15 versions of the song you know like the, uh, that I want to hear like you know everyone's dead that's like on there I understand I'm still giving money to this like company but I'm trying but it's like but it's like almost, it's like academic, you know? And then yeah. there's like as in research and like, and it's, and 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 I don't find myself really like spending a whole lot of time listening to like my colleagues <laughs> uh, and not buying their record on, their, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and so, so I don't know. It's, uh, and Or a lot of times too, if I'm listening to something that like I already own in other formats and I don't know. So I, but I, but I understand still supporting the company by being a subscriber, but it's absolutely essential. It's like to, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, you know, I people taught guitar before that, but like, but it's like, it's very, um, useful for, for what I'm, you know, doing. Like, I mean, I was just teaching a little girl to play like stand by me earlier today, you know? And I was like, listen, oh, let me fold up real quick and listen to transcribe the bass line. So I just hear it one time. So I can, oh yeah, this so is how the bass line goes, You know? And like, and then, It's like i mean that's just a a convenience that like has made me a better educator and and i don't know there could be like one for teachers or something some (laughs) anyway but so uh i haven't but i have been trying to listen to to use Bandcamp more um and like listen to contemporary i got like sarah devachi's new record on vinyl um and uh looking forward to checking that out and i'm I um, I don't know, I like, uh, I want to do more active listening, I think I wrote the word active listening down in my journal the other day, because it's like, it's hard to like, I'm listening to stuff for lessons, I listen to music with my family a lot around, so, you know, and then, and I still listen to a lot of jazz, I mean, I like, to listen to a Sonny Rollins album, like, a mm-hmm. lot, you know, like, I get a lot out of enjoyment out of, hearing you know that um you know hearing really just people's like ideas in those contexts it's just like not that i even want to do that i just like to me with jazz it's like i want to like freeze frame the each like a moment and just like swim in that palette as like an stasis. you know like i just love the color of like the harmony you know and and so and so it's really um enjoy that earlier this year a guitar player that i never
0: got into before you i think you'll find this interesting uh, is uh alan holdsworth oh dude yeah he was on the list and i was like uh i'll save time yanking, oh, but, but alan's my dude
1: so like and it's one of those things like right like where i was like like i, I was like the tone thing probably like made like a barrier for me to access it mm-hmm. and then and i just started listening to it and i was like whoa you know I just was like just like blown away like blown back <laughs> mainly by the solos you know like like yeah. I mean the compositions or whatever they're fine but like but like when he's like improvising I just felt like I was on a roller coaster and I was and this was like right at the start of the pandemic and I was like taking these like walks and I was just like with my headphones on and I and I just like and I never really like listened to him so much before and I, and I mm-hmm. really was taken uh, like and I love it. I, I love it what, what he does and and then I start reading this like method uh, uh, that like is on I have, I have the subscribed account uh, you know what I'm talking about like it's like it's like books and like documents and like mm-hmm. sheet music it's, it's called S-C-R-I-B-D it's like an app
0: okay. and,
1: uh, and you pay like a t- subscription fee and you have access to like and they have so much sheet music so it's one main reason I use it um, but, um, so they had like this book and it was like breaking down Alan Holdsworth style and like how it like plays four notes per string, like next finger, next note. So you get these stretches and you end up like breaking out of positions and all this stuff. So I started like, like doing that. And it really mm-hmm. helped me a lot because then like seeing the whole instrument as like mm-hmm. a continuum, you know, like, and so this is kind of where I'm headed. I think with certain things, it's like, you know, being with that, cause this is relatively recent, but I've been like in imbibing that and like you know and, and employing it like just like imposing that schematic as, as almost like a modal instrument like guitar you know this like standard tuning but you know you're only going to hit these notes and then you're like forming all these voicings it's just a cool it's a pretty cool like breakdown of his like style and on there and uh, i started to like incorporate that just into my own playing um and and it really broadened my horizons a lot because i want you know like the mick goodrick like kind of like single string stuff so like that's cool like and i I mean it's amazing it's like like incredible like uh monumental but like but you know it's kind of like that but like just kind of like i feel like it's just the way like the application seems a little more immediately like malleable in in terms of like changing keys like it's almost like like i think of it as like putting in like a disc or something to the guitar you know but it's like you're, you're not, it's, but it's not, like, electronic, you know, but now, now, it, now it's this program, and I just only hit these notes, and I can form voicings, and not have to worry about what they actually are, like, in terms of their function, you know, and I don't know, so that, that's been a recent active listening thing that I got into this year, and then, like, and then even went a step further, I was like, oh, i start studying this stuff, and it's like, oh, shit, this is, like, really helpful in so many ways, so that's cool, mm-hmm. that he's your guy, um, I'm glad that I joined that that party because because it's like but i it's like my wife thinks it's hilarious though so <laughs> i was like
0: she's like what are you listening to it's like the most super fusion shit like in, <laughs> like mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's interesting like i think there's a certain type of guitarist that's like an alternate picking chauvinist uh and i ah. i think i i used to be that guy and then i became an economy picking uh sort of nut and uh you know but Alan can play this like the stuff like you know you're talking earlier about uh being influenced by horn players and like he's the type of guy that just like it's like I don't want to play guitar I want to play saxophone and right, um, right. Yeah. like there's no way that you can play it otherwise besides using that legato but it's still ex- exceedingly difficult and so um it's funny when people just kind of write off legato I don't know if you've seen that
1: no I do I know what you're talking about yeah it's like and th- I mean what's up with that I don't know yeah. like I mean but I think like I mean, yeah, it's weird. Well, like, like I, I get it. Like, there's just more attack or something. I mean, like, McLaughlin is, like, su- like super picky, like, right? It's, mm-hmm. like, all, all articulation. And, like, I think, like, um, and also, like, you know, blue, like, like, bluegrass pickers and stuff, you know, I think about, about about people coming out of that, like, school, you know, like, but I probably tend more towards that, I guess but, but I'm, not, I'm not afraid of a slur, man. I like a slur. I like a slur and a slur, ascending slur and a descending slur and the ascending and the descending slur with a slide and the, why the hell not, you know, like, and, 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 and I think also about like, yeah, like other instruments, like sitar or something like, like, like or, or trills in like classical music, you know, like, it's like, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, 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 I'm into it. And that's Nodi stuff. That's like different, right? That's not that's not necessarily the timbre deep dive at all, right? That's like scales, harmonic mm-hmm. palette, like ideas, like can I go in like different directions harmonically? And like and I'm I'm all about that too, you know, because like I like straddling harmonic palettes. I don't wanna be like like I, I maybe it's just I'm not good at it. I don't know. But like when it's like modal, we're just gonna play, like, that, that means, like, quite a bit, to me, you know, like, in terms of, like, what, like, note selection, you know, like, because there's so, it's cool, yeah, to hear uh, someone have that much, like, freedom to, like, just change direction and, like, just, like, like, create mm-hmm. these, like, cascades and, uh,
0: like, uh, yeah, just peaks and valleys and, yeah, pretty cool stuff it's uh, something that made me want to get into that i just haven't uh made the commitment to throwing money at is like getting a midi guitar setup of some sort and you know he has that like absurd oh yeah, uh, yeah. whatever it's called uh that like kind of looks absurd and silly but uh I don't yeah since
1: synth,
0: synth guitar mm-hmm.
1: a friend yeah, of mine uh, told me a funny story about that like he like sold that when he was like down on his luck or something hmm. and then uh my friend andre is like uh he's like a, he's like a Prague uh, prog guitar, like, uh, Andre Chumley's, Prague like, prog, prog guitar, uh, tech, he's, like, uh, Chris Squire's guitar tech, like, uh, from, is that the guy's name, from Yes, oh my gosh, anyway, but he's, like, oh, worked uh, with, but, but, Steve Howe, Steve Howe, who's Chris Squire, oh, never mind, anyway, but, uh, yeah, so, but anyway, he's, like, he has all this, like, kind of fusion, like, prog shred guitar, like, stories, <laughs> but he just told me that, like, uh, yeah, Alan Holdsworth sold that and then the guys from Stone Temple Pilots were like huge Holdsworth fans and they like bought it from this pawn shop and like gave it back to him or gotcha. something. Anyway, I thought that was anyway, some esoteric uh, <laughs> gossip for you. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, Alan Holdsworth, rest in peace. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just ask a few more questions and then we can wrap this up. Uh, one is a practical one and uh it's basically you know you like i basically play electric guitar and nylon string guitar but i don't really do acoustic steel string for some reason um but i noticed that you had nails and uh even when i play electric guitar with nails growing out it just destroys them and so i'm wondering if you uh have any tips or any approaches or anything uh for not for the electric
1: yeah i mean so pre-pandemic, I, I started getting the acrylics done and uh, mm. and going to the salon, and then like once there was like the shutdown, like I, they kind of grew out, and then I got back to my natural nails, and so. It's been weird because like I feel like. Lately. I I don't know, man. Those those are great. Like they're not going to break down. They're not going to. Like, uh, you know, like you can but then you lose a lot of tone, I think, Mm -hmm. or or a lot of timbre, like, talk about timbre, uh, like, uh, variety, you lose a lot of that on the nylon, and I traded that for a couple, like, couple years when I started doing that, like, for just, like, the consistency and, like, speed and power of the fake nails, but then, like, I lost, like, this kind of, like, like, I think of, like, Julian Bream as someone who's, like, pulls a lot of different color out of the guitar, Mm -hmm. and like, and, uh, and, and his big influence in that direction, and it's, like, so the natural nails are better for that. I'm trying, like, I don't know. I- I've been, th- this is an endless conversation about nails. Uh, I've been thinking about it lately though, because I feel like I've been playing a lot of steel and I haven't been doing as much damage as I normally would have. And I just wonder if like my technique has improved in this way or something where I'm not being as like, as like uh, hard on them. I don't know. but they. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because, like, I, 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 lately I'm just, I've noticed that. I'm like, okay, I'm on my natural nails. i a playing a lot more steel. And it's, they are grinding down, for sure, like, more than if I wasn't, you know. Like, there's definitely some loss. But then it's like, I don't know. So, the fake nails are great. They're, like, I, I really liked having them. They were really powerful. Um, but I'm also really glad to be back. Like, it took months for them to grow out. It was really awkward. They grew out, like, because I couldn't go to the salon. And then... And then I had none for a while, and that was really sad. It was like clipped wings, you know I just could, like <laughs> I, had no I couldn't play anything it's like I was like this will pass and then um but I think yeah i don't I don't know about that it's It's tough because I'll play bass too and and it just depends on like how hard you're playing It's a mystery uh, man The nails are a constant struggle, but like I've been doing pretty good lately, and I don't know why that is I think I'm trying to figure it out.
0: I'll let you know if I do. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, With the acrylic ones, do you get any sort of like pushback from your wife on them just like looking absurd? Because I know that when I was doing classical more seriously, like uh, everybody just kind of was like, what's your deal?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) No, the only pushback from her would be like, because like they don't scratch, like if you're scratching your back or whatever, the acrylics kind of just feel like, don't feel like anything. There's no. They're just smooth it's like some smooth thing but like real nails have like a have more of a i guess uh a bite to them so they're they're better for the the scratching um yeah um no i always kind of liked i liked when i would first get them done and i'd go to like a cafe or something and (laughs) like the cashier would compliment my nails you know i was like oh thanks yeah
0: guitarist but thank you
1: I love your nails
0: um, cool uh, so I'm realizing I forgot the question I had back about autodidact and uh, that's basically you said in the video version of it that uh, you don't usually let yourself do this like you don't usually like you're usually pretty regulated about what you uh, allow yourself to release and I was wondering if you could expand on that and like what are your criteria is
1: yeah I mean I think I'm just selective um, about, particularly about like freely improvised stuff, you know, like, um, I, I'm i not ready to just like release every free improv recording I make, you know, I mean, I can put out like a, 365 albums a year, you know, like, I mean, it's not like, like, I don't feel like that is that, that's all really worth hearing, you know, like, or that I, that what I have to say is that important. Um, so, I mean, I just, I kind of, um, so that was like a, a situation where I was like, you know, kind of forcing myself into that context, like, okay, well, here's a concept that I'm working within and, and I'm going to do it like this in one take. And this is, and so, you know, warts and all, and, um, you know, I, I work really well with others, I feel like, and when I have people to bounce off of, I think that's when um that's you know my, so that well, that tends to be more successful for me. I feel like as an improviser, uh, as a free improviser, um, and so yeah, like the records I did with Tatsuya and Akutani, for example, I feel really great about. I think that there's like action reaction, there's inspiration there, and I feel like they can carry it and they can you know there's it, uh, we can kind of trade back and forth, and so so yeah, I just have a hard time just like. I'm gonna freely improvise something and this is worth listening to and here's a recording of it so and this was also the reason too that i when i like i turned into like doing folk music like it gave me like a it gave a shape to like my free improv tendencies i think to where i actually lived like what i was doing because there was there were these like melodic touch points and like a har- harmonic outline you know simple chord progression but like still like there were these places to come back to and i i'm just a sucker for form you know and uh and and like and melody still you know i know it's like it ain't about the notes anymore but i think it is still and also other things you know but so i think that um yeah so so that was kind of just a moment of like okay this is going to be like totally open and it is what it is
0: I think uh, I tend to be uh, not selective enough, and uh, so I'm trying to like extract some sort of piece of wisdom from you here that I can uh, apply. But uh, I'm also wondering: uh, Do you ever feel like your music ages well? Like, does something uh, like Do you ever like come back to an old recording that you haven't released, and you're like, "Oh, this is like better than anything I'm doing now"?
1: Mm, oh, like unreleased
0: stuff. Because uh, released stuff, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 but,
1: no uh, no, um, kind of joking but like um, let's see uh, it's weird like a lot of times man I'll, yeah I mean I have done that like I feel like I, I like I put out this tape called the like, child asleep in the rain which was like stuff that accumulated on my hard drive sort of over like four years without really me keeping track, and I was like, oh, this is, like, a, an album, okay, you know, but mm-hmm. there was other stuff that didn't make it on there, you know, like, but it was kind of, like, I just kind of forgot about these things, or they just accumulated, and so, yeah, but then I also do come back, and I'm just kind of, like, Ooh, no, <laughs> that's usually probably what I do, when I, when I listen back, I hear, like, uh that's why, I mean, maybe that's, like, part of the thing, like, I, like, I, I, I don't know, I just try to be Somewhat selective about the what I'm going to let go into the wild, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear I hear people use that term a lot, lately, in the wild, about stuff in the world. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, yeah. So sometimes I do, yeah. I mean, probably a lot of like low-fi recordings too that couldn't be released. I'm like, damn. Like I listened to the session I did, cellist Isabel Castelvi that we did like in February of this year. And I, I listened to it in like July and I hadn't heard it. Maybe, till, 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 you know, and, and I was like, felt like, wow, this was just like dynamite, you know, what a cool night. But, um, but yeah, a lot of stuff. Cause I've done, I've recorded like hours and hours and hours and hours of music with like Ryan, the drummer from for the last 10 years. And, you know, and we did I mean, we have unreleased an unreleased album and like tons of material that could be released that we recorded and like, but then like tons and tons of stuff that's just like, just doesn't really gel, doesn't feel right, you know. Just kind of trying to make something happen and, you know, it has its moments, but like overall, it's like you don't want to. I don't want to get into like editing that like a whole lot. Maybe I should though. I don't know. Yeah. So sometimes,
0: I do that. Well, um, the last question I'll ask you is kind of a a silly uh, pseudo question uh, from one cool guy guitarist to another. Um, Should I get a seven string? (laughs) Yeah. Do you own a seven string?
1: I don't own one, no. But I mean,
0: if you want one,
1: you should get one.
0: (laughs) But I mean, like,
1: are we talking like a
0: a low B? Is that what we're talking about? or what are we talking Something about? like that. I'm looking at these like Strandberg guitars, like the headstockless ones. Uh, I mean, I saw, um, uh, what's his face? Like Elliot Sharp and Henry Kaiser and this other dude sort of using them and they look really interesting, but um, I just like, I feel like I intellectually want one, but like the cool guy guitarist to me is just like, nah, six string forever, like don't be that guy. Um, right,
1: right. Uh, okay, well, uh, I'm going to try and relate to that. Uh, so,
0: <laughs> I, I'm like, really wanting you to say no, but, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, okay, no, <laughs> don't do it. Well, like, I I got this, like, uh, relic telecaster recently that I, I'm, I'm into, and uh, and it sounds good, and it looks real cool, and, like, whatever, but, but it's, like, I've also recently, like, with the Alan Holdsworth turn in my... <laughs> In my thinking, I've become kind of interested in having like a really balanced like two octave guitar neck, you know, which I don't have, you know, like just for pure shred purposes. And I've just never like pursued that path or goal was like speed wasn't my like end game. And I, and I, and now that I've been working on it more, I've been using like, I've been, I've been going through like, I like Miles Okazaki's book, I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guitar fundamentals and I've done like his like paradiddles and like all this shit. And I've been like working on mechanics a lot more. And I realized like, man, that is a time like intensive thing to like pull mm-hmm. that stuff up. Oh my gosh. But, um, but anyway, so I kind of like have been pushing a little bit more towards that. And so then I, and so I'm, and then I started, my, my thinking started changing about like, I want I want a really balanced, like, which would probably, you know, like Ibanez or something, you know, just something that's like, that I wouldn't have ever wanted before, you know, to like be able to deal with like the harmonic continuum, you know, like in, in this, in a way, like just inspired by, you know, the Holdsworth thing, I think probably, but, um, so I think that, if your heart is saying, I want this seven string guitar, <laughs> then you should do it because, you know, like, it's, it's uh, okay, like I put this on Facebook like several months ago or something. I was like, should I get more into finger tapping? You know, and I got like a, a whole like array of, cause I'm not much of a finger tapper, you know, I tend like mm-hmm. finger style picking, yeah. But, but I started like writing a couple of things and, figure I can do it you know I just need to practice I can I can I know how to practice and then and like people were like hell oh yeah man any tool in your toolbox oh, that would be great you'd be so good or, oh yeah I'd love to hear what you do and then people were like I will never talk to you again if you do that you know like the, mm-hmm. I got so so it's hard to like kind of take someone else's uh you know opinion about what you should do like that <laughs> I kind of I'm more and more just giving less and less of a shit about anything like like anything cool
0: (laughs) but yeah
1: so there you go that's my non-answer
0: seems like tapping is kind of like big these days in like uh the contemporary guitar scene that i like i really can't get behind for some reason like uh just like uh i'm not i shouldn't name names but there's like a certain type of young guitarist that has all the gear And Mm -hmm. for some reason, is really into finger tapping. I'm like, I like this when Don Caballero did it. I liked it when Andy Van Halen did it, but I I won't stand for it beyond that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, yeah, I get exposed to things sometimes from students where I'm like, hmm, this is what the kids are into. Okay, well, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, and uh, like some tech, some like techie stuff. And I was like,
0: okay, I mean,
1: I have this like weird, like perspective do you teach as well
0: no I, I'd like to get back into it though I'm just uh you know slowly trying to get out of the coffee game back into the music game so um you know students uh hit me up if you want okay and don't yeah. want to <laughs> end up Shane Parrish
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I uh but one thing that teaching has done is like kind of soften my like my edge about like just like panning things or whatever that were like I, I would just be like that sucks, <laughs> you know, like, because I deal with like, I mean, I'll, I'll teach anyone whatever they want to learn if they have some direction, because it's all, you know, it's all it's all one brother, it's all coming from, it's all this, but, you know, with, without being ironic, it is actually all the same kind of continuum, it's all the same thing, you know, uh, and, and so any interest in music is positive and good, and like, I, I so I, I've kind of come to this place too, where I like, if I see someone doing something on like that, like maybe would get some eye rolls or, you know, I tend to be like, well, I'd be proud of my student if they were doing that, <laughs> you yeah. know, or like I, or, you know, or if my student was into it, I'd be like happy that they're into anything, you know? So that's, you know, so it's kind of made me like way more, uh, just generous and like kind of open to, you know, not, totally condemning things like I might have when I was younger. I might still keep certain opinions to myself about like The Grateful Dead or Fish or you know like uh you know I don't want to like alienate my like <laughs> a whole demographic of like you know my uh, uh audience or whatever too by like just why can't I enjoy this music that so many people love? I don't know. What is wrong with me? I want to like it, I just can't get into it. <laughs> So that's my thing. Then I so is what I say is that if I can't it's something I don't like, I just I can't access it. That's my diplomatic way of saying like I, I have yet to be I've yet to be able to access it. You know, I
0: think. But uh, anyway, maybe I've. You said see yourself too much. ever accessing a, a seven-string guitar? I,
1: if there was one here, I'd play it for sure. Um, are we talking a low B? Is that what's happening?
0: Yeah, it would be a low B, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I
1: mean, what would there that'd be? be dope. I mean, a low B, why not, man? Like, I'm like tuning down the C, you know? So it's like, you know, I wanna, I was teaching that baseline today to um, my friend's daughter from uh, stand by me, you know? And it's like, it goes down to that low D. And I was like, we're gonna go to string four cause she's kind of a beginner. So I didn't wanna be like, we're gonna go in the drop D. I'm gonna show you this thing all over again so we can hit this note, you know? And it was like. You know but if you can get down to a b yeah
0: you can i mean are you gonna play like corn or something on it i mean <laughs> no that's the thing like uh i mean so i got the idea i think from like henry kaiser did this duo with this uh dude i forget his name it starts with an a um alvaro I he's like a... yeah, alvaro, yeah, yeah I think. he's yeah. amazing yeah they're playing some really interesting stuff and like i was just like yeah like uh, why, like, why would you not take the extra note? But, uh, I just imagine like going to some sort of more trad gig and like them being like, Oh, who is this? Don't like? bring it to that. Don't bring it to that. Gig. <laughs> don't bring it to that gig.
1: Yeah. That, that would be the, this, yeah, just don't bring it to that gig. <laughs> yeah. That, that, you gotta like save it for your, uh, yeah. For the shred gig.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'd be doing That's more right. like ethereal, weird. Mathy stuff, probably. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh,
1: do it, man. I, I mean, I, someone, yeah, I think that would be cool. I think, uh, man, what is Alvaro's last name? Domine? Dominic? Domine? Anyway, he's super nice and really great player. Um, I'm excited to hear your seven string guitar stuff
0: when you do it. I'll let you know when I get one. Yeah, cool, man. Okay. Well, um, yeah, thanks for talking to me. This has been really enjoyable and um, I, I'm always really appreciative of your positivity and creativity that you put out there. So, um,
1: thank you. Know, you. Thanks so much. For that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I had fun. Thanks for, for, for the chat.
0: Yeah, my pleasure.
1: And uh, see you
0: around. Thank you. Yeah, see you, my friend.